Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 204 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm not Carly. <laughs> no, uh, but we are both here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. And yes, you might have noticed, uh, while I am here, our usual co-host Carly is off uh, reporting on theme parks at uh, Silver Dollar City, and then she's going somewhere even more exotic. So we look forward <laughs> to having her back in a few weeks. But until then, this week... Uh, our good friend and correspondent, John Self, uh, has stepped in to be not Carly this week. Uh, John... I'm not Carly. And I'm sorry, Carly. I, I will do the best I can. Uh, no one can be Carly like Carly, but uh, we are glad to have you here, John. Why don't uh, you introduce yourself very briefly to anyone who isn't already work uh, familiar with your work? Um, my name is John Self. I, I guess I work as a freelance theme park person. We joke about the fact that I'm, I get to do what you used to do many years ago of list the 27 <laughs> places that I write for. And so we Absolutely. won't go through all, we won't do all those things. We don't, we don't have that, that much time. <laughs> Only an hour. <laughs> we don't have that much time, but, uh, easiest place to find me is on Twitter or whatever we're calling it now, X or whatever it'll be next week at, um, pastor P A S T O R, um, John. And John is spelled J-O-N because H's are O, self. And that's, easy. <laughs> that's the easiest way to find uh -oh. me. You, you managed to work in a Jimmy Fallon joke there. Uh, you, I don't you know if I can you have see, you on. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't see that coming? Have you not <laughs> listened to the 40 other podcasts that I do? Um, and so basically I write about theme parks with a, a special distinction towards writing about food. So yes you if, know, if you need thoughts. anything taste tested in an orlando theme park john Ooh. is your, your man and uh, especially if you need information about uh, pl uh plant-based uh food uh he can hook you up yeah well i can try some of it is really good <laughs> and some of it is oh my goodness i'm glad i'm getting paid yeah. a small amount of money to eat this so <laughs> and so and obviously i do write for attractions well, magazine Yes. So you can look for his byline on uh, attractionsmagazine.com and a million other outlets. Um, well, without any further ado, uh, it is great having you here, John. Uh, and we will talk about what I uh, got to do this week uh, a little bit later in the show. So without any further ado, let's jump straight into the news in the queue. Okay, first up for this week's News in the Queue, uh, last week we were out discussing all the details of Universal Studios Florida's Halloween Horror Nights, but now we have the full lineup for HHN 2023 in Hollywood, California, and uh, there is something missing from this list that I think a lot of people expected. There ain't no Megan, folks. No Megan. <laughs> but no, we no Megan. But we do have, uh, in addition to the five previously announced haunted houses, we now have confirmation of Evil Dead Rise, uh, two original houses, Monstrous, the Monsters of Latin America, and Holidays in Hell, which is an old favorite from Orlando. And finally, the Terror Tram is back with the Exterminators. So I hope you are not afraid of bugs. Um, it looks like a pretty solid lineup uh, this year at HHN Hollywood, which will run for September 7th through October 31st. Um, the uh, Voldemort's loyal Death Eaters will be taking over Hogsmeade's Village. Uh, the Last of Us, Stranger Things 4, and The Exorcist Believers are kind of the big IPs this year. Uh, we've also got Universal Monsters Unmasked featuring uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and the Phantom of the Opera and the Hunchback, as well as Chucky, uh, both uh, that we're going to be seeing in both coasts. And then, as we mentioned, the three new ones just announced Evil Dead Rise, uh, based on the most recent Evil Dead film, which I liked a lot. 
um, a uh, a house based on Latin American legends, uh, legendary monsters. They've they've had good luck with La Llorona and Chupacabras in the past. And then finally, Holidays in Hell, uh, which is uh, kind of a Universal Orlando throwback that it looks like they are resurrecting out in Hollywood. Um, John, uh, are you planning on attending in Hollywood? Uh, and uh, which of these uh, makes you excited? Which of these are makes you a little less excited? Well, I, as you know how this works in the in the freelance world, I'm not sure where I'm assigned to go, but I suspect yeah. I'm I suspect I'm a little more focused on the the Bush, the Sea World, and the Universal mm -hmm. ones here in Orlando this year. Yep. But I was really excited to see the Evil Dead Rise finally got announced out there, but with all the drama yep. and all the changes from last year. And you're right, uh, Hollywood has done a great job with these. I'll use the Universal term: the urban legends mm -hmm. of, of of cultures, and they've gone from there. Done a really good job with that. And if you've if you follow John Murdy on Twitter, and I don't know how you would have any time to do anything else, John <laughs> Murdy on Twitter. But if he's, you follow John Murdy, full time job keeping up with his tweets. It yeah. is a full time job. Literally, even I, I make I make I make fun of some people, freelancers who make articles out of tweets. But I yeah. literally have written written some articles in the last year based on John Murdy's tweets alone. Sure, and and he talks about how hard he, they worked in this Terratram script. And the VIP experience script. And I know that perhaps they might oversell things sometimes in that position, but it sounds like he genuinely believes it this time. Yeah. So I'm not gonna make any commentary. It sounds like the event is is escalating from what it was in the past. Yes, um, I I have you know we can have a long discussion about the history of uh, right. especially haunted houses at uh, HHN in Hollywood. Uh, the black walls um yes <laughs> but uh they do have some really unique things you are not going to find anything like the ter terror tram in no. orlando and uh this year's theme uh, the exterminators with a z yes. uh featuring an insect uprising led by larry larva uh, it sounds to me if you liked that kind of campy tongue-in-cheek bugs house uh that we had in orlando um a uh, year past uh, that this would probably be right up your alley. Um, yeah, one of, one of the other, speaking on that campy type thing, mm. one of the rumors I'm hearing about the Chucky house in Hollywood mm. is because Chucky's taking over because, you know, the, in Hollywood and Orlando, the idea is Chucky's upset. He's not getting enough credit. He's not considered scary enough. And so he's upset with the people who designed the houses. So he takes over, maybe okay. killing everyone involved. That's kind of the backstory. Um, one of the stories is Chucky's going to make fun of the black walls in his house. And so just just so you get an idea of that. All right, that's a very a very inside joke that'll be exclusive yes. to the Hollywood version. Nice, mm -hmm. I like that. Um, also, uh, it wouldn't be a Universal uh, event without special food and drink, uh, probably in Blinky Cups. Uh, yeah. They're going to get a Surfer Boy Pizza, Scoops Ahoy. And uh, other 80s themed uh, bars out there. Uh, they're transforming uh, the Hollywood and Dine restaurant into a Chucky themed barbecue. And uh, what I think is most curious, there is a tie in with Peacock. There will be a Peacock uh, streaming service themed Halloween horror bar uh, with uh, cocktails based around things that you can see on Peacock. Yep. Uh, and you, you'll notice if you're watching closely as an Orlando food person that mm. several of the food items listed officially by Hollywood have not been officially listed in Orlando yet. Mm. Suspiciously, suspiciously scoops ahoy. Ah, um, well, we'll have to wait and see if right. that shows I, up. And just to be clear, I know nothing. This is not no. one of those, oh, John I knows know and he's not. Nope. I really I have a clue. No clue. This I know time. nothing. Nothing. I'm not. Well, I'm if, not Sergeant if, Schultzing. <laughs> If you are, wow, you just dated yourself with that reference. I, I think the gray hair dated me already. I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, so if you are interested in attending Halloween Horror Nights 2023, tickets are on sale, including general admission, express. Uh, they have an after 2 p.m. ticket, which is a pretty good way uh, if you want to see uh, some of the daytime park, like the daytime tram. Uh, and a few of the daytime attractions in addition to um, Halloween Horror Nights. That's a good combination. And they've also started, uh, I think it's new this year, an early access ticket, 
yes. that includes access starting at 5 30 p.m um so you don't have much time for you don't get into day daytime attractions but you will get a head start on some of uh the haunted houses all of those tickets available uh and more information at halloweenharnights.com all right our second story we are moving to the middle of the country king's island where the Camp Snoopy is being expanded uh, to include a new kids roller coaster, uh, which will make this park the uh, kids coaster capital of the world in 2024. Uh, there's going to be a brand new adventure play space themed to Charlie Brown's um, favorite dog. Uh, it's called Beagle Scout Areas. And the new coaster is going to be called Snoopy's Soapbox Racers. It's the park's first family boomerang coaster and uh, the 16th coaster overall. So quite a lineup of coasters. Uh, they're going to break ground on this in the fall. And uh, this uh, it's an interesting looking coaster. Um, it's uh, a family friendly coaster. So no big, uh, you know, upside down loops. But you are going to shoot up a 70-foot hill to the starting line, uh, get launched forward, do through, do a lot of twists and turns, and then do the whole thing backwards. Um, have you ever been out to uh, oh, this I park been, yourself? I have been to Kings Island hundreds of times. It is on my bucket list. I'm, I need to do a Midwest trip uh, some year, and uh, this is definitely on it. Yeah, when my child was the appropriate age, he loved Camp Snoopy. And that was when there was kind of, they had two separate different kids areas. And they they do a really good job at Kings Island, a real upgrade in the last several years of just bringing it up. Mm. And when you said how many coasters there were, I was like, oh, that's right. You know, they're, they're right up there with Cedar Point with the amount of coasters they have. And so yeah. they've done a great job with the Peanuts IP and building upon it and creating that and taking something that, okay, yes, let's be fair. I love the peanuts, mm -hmm. but it may not be the most popular IP with the average five-year-old. Uh, I feel like it's evergreen. Uh, in a it is way very, that, you know, it, it, they don't need to be right in the forefront of culture to kind of just always be there in the background. Um, even if you don't know them, they're, they're, right. they're really appealing. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's, but they've done a great job with that. And I'm, I've been impressed with their, yeah their discussions and and they've done a good job in keeping it fairly family friendly and price friendly at at those two parks well i've Point, king's island i've uh you know the same corporate family i've enjoyed the snoopy area that they have at knott's berry farm out in southern yes. california very much uh this one really also looks lovely um the beagle scout acres area is uh the troops official headquarters with new shaded uh that's an important word, shaded and nature <laughs> trees, folks. You can't build a theme park anymore without shade and trees. Um, grassy oh. areas with camping equipment to climb on and play around um, and hosted camptivities throughout the day uh, led by the Peanuts gang. A uh, whole lot of stuff to do all year round. So if you are interested, they have uh, seasonal and annual passes, uh, 2024 gold passes on sale now. They get you unlimited mission to uh, Kings Island as well as the water park and the fall festival and Halloween haunt uh, for the rest of this year and all of 2024. Um, if you, uh, well, if you bought the pass before August 13th, which was yesterday as we're recording this, uh, you got some single-use fast lane uh, to use, so hope someone uh, was able to take advantage of that. And uh, you can head over to visitkingsisland.com right now to buy tickets and get more information. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more of that uh, by the season pass early and get a lot yes. of quick, quick cues, yes. fast cues. That must be working, and I, I could see the appeal of that. Yeah, we've seen that from uh, a lot of, uh, not necessarily Disney and Universal, but the second tier parks um, offering those kind of incentives, um, uh, mostly as a consequence of uh, seeing a relatively slow summer uh, across um, the theme park industry. So uh, 
the next big theme park, uh, well, maybe not a big theme park, kind of a small theme park, but uh, an interesting project that uh, we have some news about is the Mattel Adventure Park, uh, which thought was going to open maybe late this year, but they have now set a 2024 opening date. Uh, and they are highlighting their Bone Shaker roller coaster and uh, hot on the heels of the record-breaking movie, the Barbie Beach House, which will be your chance to walk through a life-sized Barbie dream home. Uh, that's when this all opens in 2024 in Arizona, as that state's first fully-themed indoor-outdoor amusement park. Um, this is a kind of an interesting project from the outside. It looks a bit like a mall, uh, with a roller coaster coming out of it, uh, alongside a beach. Um, and it is designed to provide a year round air conditioned space, uh, as long as well as outdoor areas to enjoy. And themes here are going to include uh, Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, uh, Barbie, uh, and Masters of the Universe Laser Tag, a mini golf inspired by the Magic 8 Ball, Pictionary, and other board games, and an Uno themed climbing structure. Um, so I don't know, John, if you got a chance to see any of this stuff when it was previewed I, at IAPA. I... I did not. Yeah, I, I have seen all the stuff and done that thing. You know, I do where I edit other people's blogs when they want mm -hmm. to get them out quickly. And, you know, they said at the beginning, this is going to be, you know, climate controlled. And obviously you have been to SeaWorld Abu Dhabi. Now I take over <laughs> the podcast here, yeah, yeah. Which, which is which is the most climate controlled mm -hmm. theme park probably. And, you know, is 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 this what they're going for? And maybe that's a good idea in Arizona to, to yeah. do that. I mean, I, I think that uh, trying to build an all-outdoor uh, theme park right. in Arizona would be a good way of uh, giving a lot of people <laughs> heat stroke. Um, yes. And uh, this is similar, uh, you know, as you mentioned, SeaWorld in Abu Dhabi is a big blue box. Looks like a giant Ikea from the outside, um, except for the roller coaster track that uh, pokes out through it. And it looks like a similar system here where you'll be queuing and loading for... Uh, these big rides uh, we know there'd be two big roller coasters the bone shaker uh which i did get to see at iapa right. uh, and that is uh based on that iconic skull shaped hot rod car and there mm -hmm. is also another uh hot wheels roller coaster called the twin mill racer which they're saying is going to be the first coaster in Arizona with a double loop and two corkscrews. Um, they're both still considered family coasters, um, but, you know, uh, made for the, the tweens and the young teens. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's, I'm, I, I'm interested to see uh, especially what they do with the masters of the universe laser tag. They had some, uh, mock-ups uh of uh, life-sized he-man and skeletor figures mm -hmm. at on display at iapa that were pretty nifty um i was a he-man fan as a little kid so i'd well, be interested in seeing that one yeah i mean my my other question is you know do they think they would change some of the project for the barbie section based on the success of the barbie movie oh you, you, you they think they want to blow up advanced. yeah yeah You'd think they'd want to uh, take full advantage of that Barbie mm -hmm. license, which, uh, as we mentioned, uh, Barbie's Beach House will be a, uh, a life-sized uh, Barbie home that you can uh, walk through. I'm sure it'll be interactive, lots of stuff to explore. Um, so and Apparently, uh, there's, there's a special Barbie drink, too. Oh, all right. Well, I bet you it'll be pink. I think it'll be really <laughs> pink. Um, so if you want, if you are in Arizona and you want a, uh, up close preview, they are going to have that bone shaker roller coaster, uh, on display, uh, on August 8, 19th and 20th at the desert diamond arena for the hot wheels, monster trucks, live glow party. Uh, and, uh, if you want some information online, you can head to Mattel adventure Park dot com all right a little closer to home for uh us 
we are going to talk about virtual reality. Uh, zero latency VR, which you can find in Orlando, Florida at the Icon Park, as well as other locations worldwide, is holding a zombie killing championship. Uh, the champions of the dead, uh, sorry, champions of the <laughs> undead competition. Uh, and if you are a good zombie blaster, you could win $15,000. Um, I have not played this particular game, but I have done several other uh, zero latency VR uh, games uh, at their original location. They used to be at Point Orlando uh, in Orlando. Uh, they moved to the Max Action Arena Arcade. That's at Icon Park, uh, just underneath the big wheel. Um, and uh, these guys, I believe, also used to be in Las Vegas. I don't think they're in Las Vegas anymore. Um, honestly, uh, my, you know, the best, um, commercial VR I've ever done was still the void, which RIP, yes. uh, they lost their, their Disney, mm -hmm. uh, their star Wars and Marvel licenses, and then went out of business. Um, these, uh, I would say that of the ones that are still operating, uh, you know, in a large chain, uh, zero latency is they're probably the most sophisticated, uh, it's free roaming. Um, you know, you're not uh, uh, tethered uh, to a cable, having to stand in one spot. You can walk all around. Uh, it's it's really, um, you know, I have an, an Oculus Quest at home that I play, uh, but it's it's definitely a step up over that in its capabilities. And if you play their Champions of the Undead game at uh, one of their 70 locations around the world, which is an 80s theme, everything is 80s retro themed. Very popular. My childhood is back. coming back to haunt yes, us. Yes, exactly. Uh, Hauntus so, is the right word. Yes. Yeah, so uh, kill zombies in a post-apocalyptic game show in an 80s-themed retro world. Uh, and if you do well enough, um, you can be entered in the competition uh, now through September 6th. Uh, play as many times as you want, as long as you buy a separate ticket each time. And uh, your highest score will be entered. Uh, if you score highest on your regional leaderboard, you can fly to Vegas and compete in the grand finale on October 5th, 2023. And uh, I think that that one is located at the MGM Grand, uh, I believe. I believe you're right. Yes, uh, I have done that there. Um, I actually, I did that one uh, with my boss from the unofficial guides. It was his, uh, pretty much his first virtual reality experience. We made the poor choice of doing um, a puzzle uh, game based on sort of MC Escher, where you have to walk up walls and on ceilings. And it was Ooh. so disorienting that he had to crawl on his hands and knees on the floor to avoid just wow. toppling over uh yes <laughs> do not start with that one if it's your first vr experience ever um anyway if you join this competition and you happen to win you will not only receive fifteen thousand uh, dollars but the two runners up will also be receiving an htc vive xr elite headset worth about eleven hundred dollars um, and runners up in each region will also get XR elites. Uh, so that's a pretty nifty prize. Got to be at least 18 year old, 18 years old to play. Uh, like I said, if you're in Orlando area, um, head to uh, Icon Park and the 15 minute game sessions there cost $25 per person. Um, it's not private. So if you have fewer than eight people right. in your group, you're going to be paired up with some strangers. But good way to get out aggression and, you know, shoot some random strangers in the head uh, uh, nonviolently. And we will clip that part out of the podcast <laughs> you, to use inappropriately. But yes, yeah. that's a good. Yeah. Point. Well, you know, Icon Park already had issues with that. They had that game that's where uh, they had had given everyone uh, laser tag guns to shoot from the wheel and had to quickly swap those out for. Yeah. Uh, for cameras but uh i mean this is vr these are zombies i think we all still agree it's okay to shoot zombies in the head um, we've all got to be prepared when that inevitable zombie apocalypse comes right? yes we do need to be prepared all right. especially before halloween <laughs> uh so um 
as I mentioned, um, just head on over to Icon Park or uh, look up a zero latency online. All right, and our final bit of news in the queue. If you are a Family Guy fan, uh, you are going to want to head to Los Angeles because the Fox animated series is coming to life as a miniature golf experience. Uh, there will be putt-putt, specialty drinks, food, merchandise, and photo ops when Giggity Golf comes to Los Angeles. Um, I I cannot say that I am a huge Family Guy fan, though I do appreciate that it eventually led to the existence of the Orville. Um, okay. But uh, this looks like it could be a lot of fun if you are into this show. Uh, because there will be fully themed golf replicas of the Griffin living room, uh, the drunken clam bar, the eat my junk food truck. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I believe it's it's not a full blown mini golf course. I think it's maybe eight holes. Um, but uh, it certainly sounds like it will be Instagram worthy. Do we say be fair to Florida now or, we, or do we wait and find out? We wait, wait and find out if it's any good, uh, okay. and then we can complain that they're not bringing it here. Um, okay. Are you a Family Guy fan? Are you a mini golf fan? Are you a fan I, of Family Guy mini golf? I am a huge mini golf fan. I, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of Family Guy. I don't think that would surprise you, but <laughs> um, but I do appreciate the creativity and everything that goes into that. But I think this yes. is great, and I with the dynamic of Fox and Disney, it'll be interesting to see if more of these things kind of pop up. Yeah. Um, so this is going to debut in downtown Los Angeles on September 22nd. Uh, every ticket is going to include both a reserved spot and guaranteed time window. So hopefully you won't be uh, stuck sitting around for a long time. And if you spring for a VIP ticket, you also get a welcome drink. Um, uh, you want to head over to bucketlisters.com. Or follow at Family Guy Mini Golf and at Los Angeles Bucket List on social media for more information. That is going to just about wrap up our news in the queue. Uh, before we get into this week's main attraction, it is time to hear a word from our sponsor. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! And for this week's main attraction, yes, you, you got it, Minion Land on Illumination Avenue, along with VillainCon Minion Blast, have officially opened after an extended soft opening period at Universal Studios Florida in Universal Orlando. And I think we might both have some thoughts about this uh, new edition. Um, first, let's run down the facts. Um, it officially opened on August 11th, uh, and this includes the VillainCon Minion Blast, Minion Cafe, Bake My Day, um, the uh, Freeze Pops stand, the Pop Nana cart, um, and as well as the pre-existing Despicable Me ride and shop. Um, they did not have any sort of grand opening ceremony, as far as I could tell. I was not there at Rope Drop from the folks who were there. don't believe they really did anything for the general public. Uh, they'd had a media day the day before. Um, pretty much open business as usual because they've been, you know, had this, the land soft opened for, I guess, more than a month now. Almost yep. And the ride's been running for a couple weeks. Um, the ride, of course, is VillainCon Minion Blast, um, inspired uh, by the Vicious Six from Minions Rise of Gru. 
uh, an interactive shooter ride where you get to experience life as a piece of luggage at the airport. But up. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. Um, you've also got the Evil Stuff gift shop at the exit. Uh, Illumination Theater, which is a small outdoor area where they have meet and greets with characters from both Despicable Me and Sing. Um, and the Minion Cafe, which is, I believe, where John has probably spent most of his time. I have no you, idea what you're talking about. You, I have you, never been you, to Minion Cafe ever. You may have. Uh, tasted, I think that's a lie. <laughs> you may have tasted more items uh, at Minion Cafe than any other person not employed by Universal uh, Food Service. And uh, it's possible. I thank you for your contributions to uh, the Minion Cafe review uh, that will be appearing in my unofficial guide to Universal Orlando 2024. So, uh, shameless, uh, selfish plug right there. Um, so. Let's uh, just dive right into it. Uh, John, uh, I've talked a bit about my uh, yep. my likes and dislikes. What are some of your favorite things and least favorite things uh, in the new Minion Land? Uh, two things. One, uh, thank you. Oh, I Forgot. think we... <laughs> Sorry, uh, we. I think I very briefly lost you in case you anyone did, you else did, did. You did cut out. Okay, uh, let's try that again. Yeah, um, I was making a cute comment about thank you for acknowledging that I, you let me write for the unofficial guide on occasion. <laughs> and two, if you want to find out about the food, I think there's a best article about food at Minions Cafe at Attractions Magazine. Okay, all the shameless plugs. Excellent. Let's go back to your back to your question. Um, so, what are your, some of your personal likes and dislikes? I really like the way they've they've turned that production central area into a real land because that has always been a problem Absolutely. for for universal studios florida it's still a problem for hollywood studios over mm -hmm. at, at walt disney world it's just how do you create these lands when you threw these parks up in competition towards each other so um it's I, interesting I love... that you you Go mentioned ahead, that because um yeah i think a lot of people are kind of confused when they they're used to you go to a place like Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Islands of Adventure, and mm -hmm. you walk into a richly detailed environment that, that it takes you into another world and surrounds you with it. And uh, Universal Studios Florida, which is very much based on the model of Universal Hollywood, you walk into basically uh, a, an office park. Uh, yes. you, 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 you walk into a bunch of big beige warehouses um mm -hmm. and that was very intentional that you were you were going to ride the movies and this was uh you know not trying to fool you into thinking that you were actually right. in hollywood but that you were in a a movie there are movie facades uh we still have a lot of that at like uh star tours in uh right. disney hollywood studios has that kind of fake facade look to it um and uh, it's not necessarily what a modern theme park guest expects right. when they walk into a theme park. So we now have this blend. There's still touches. You know, the Villain Con building is still officially Soundstage V. Uh, mm -hmm. used to be Soundstage 4D when it was Shrek 4D. But it still dates back to the same Soundstage building that was when it was um, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And right. Despicable Me was, uh, was uh, Hanna-Barbera back in the day. Um, so a little of that movie making dna is still left but now we've got this kind of facade uh this coating of minionization on top of it and uh it's you know if you really want to study it from an architectural or aesthetic point of view it is kind of interesting to see the evolution of mm -hmm. uh, almost from um you know kind of a postmodern to a uh, post postmodern <laughs> take on theme park design. Um, so that's a really good observation. Um, so yes, as 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 we head on down uh, Minion Land, uh, our Illumination Avenue, I guess is right. technically called the Illumination Avenue. I mean, they did a, they did a great job in in yeah. I don't want to call it retrofitting, but yep. making it an actual land mm -hmm. in that area. You walk through. And let's just be honest here, and we're not going to get into theme park business and all that, but Universal Orlando Resort as a whole lacked attractions that everyone could ride. And so if you were, to, I mean, I, I've, I've written in various outlets in the last week or two about 
what are the difference between the two parks and what what are the things? Well, you know, until the DreamWorks land opens in you know 2024, mm-hmm. Universal Orlando lacks a lot of obvious kid-friendly rides. I mean, you have Seuss Landing, you have things like that. Yeah. But whether it's practical for some of these small children to carry this gigantic blaster, that's a different conversation. Because <laughs> yes. it is a large, it is a large blaster. And yeah, we can absolutely uh, talk about it. But you you put your your finger right on it that um, in you know writing the uh, the touring plans and uh, the unofficial guides, um, uh, telling parents with little kids who are below you know forty inches, say what right. they can do with their kid at universal yes. it's it's a very short list um and islands of adventure has some wonderful playgrounds um and you know some things in seuss that everyone can do but without kid zone uh while while dreamworks is still a construction zone you know you can you can count on one one hand uh even if, if you, you are can. even if you are a wood shop teacher and you're missing mm-hmm. a couple fingers you can still count on one hand what you can do with a little with a little kid uh so the ability to have something um that you can uh go on with no height requirement that you can literally roll a wheelchair on though yes. it is a bit challenging to do that uh it's it's takes it's not as easy as it looks going when it goes around corners um but uh it is yeah definitely a point in villain con's favor that it is accessible uh after you know i feel like every time we we have a new universal attraction open we have a round of controversy about are the restraints uh you know friendly to larger people are they friendly to disabled people uh, this we don't have any restraints. We don't have any lawsuits. We don't <laughs> just anyone as right. long as you can stand up on your own uh, or sit in a wheelchair, you can go on it. Um, so yeah, that is and, definitely and, a point in its favor. And it it is great as long as you you know stay on your dot and do all these things because there was a lot of confusion. People didn't understand how the blasters worked and how it corresponded to your dot mm-hmm. and how and how you actually it's not a mem- MIB attraction. It's where you hold you can just hold the gun. You have to actually yeah. shoot this gun and that. I, I will say that becomes is, a problem after a while. It is. If you have not been on it, uh, the biggest surprise for me is that it was a little more of a physical workout uh, yes. and it just endurance test. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I am a, a lazy American uh, unaccustomed to standing on my own for uh, nearly six minutes. Cause it is a fairly lengthy attraction. If you, stay on your dot the whole time and you don't uh just walk out like a lot of people do when it gets to the final scene it is actually just short of six full minutes from from Mm -hmm. start to finish um which is quite a long time for a theme park ride and the blaster uh you know it's about uh almost five pounds which doesn't sound like a lot but if you you know take a little uh five pound barbell um and hold that up in the air because you're holding it so you can aim with it. Um, especially if, you know, uh, for disabled people, for younger, uh, for little kids, um, it can be a little challenging. And I, I'm getting my carpal tunnel building mm-hmm. up from pulling that trigger. Cause I wish it did have an auto fire option. Yes. You just hold that down because squeezing that trigger over and over again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm building up my muscles. Yeah. Speaking as, as, as an older guy, cause I, you know, I'm older. Um, when you're trying to compete and get a better score than the 20 somethings you're on the ride with, yeah. yeah, it starts to wear you out after a little while. Yeah. Um, so yes, it is uh it's a little more physical than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I don't uh I don't have a burn in my biceps the way I do after playing uh Spider-Man <laughs> out in in California, um at DCA. Um, it's not quite that, uh, aerobic, um, but it, well, would you, would, would you compare the workout to, I'm going to say the wrong name. I would say toy store midway mania. Um, yeah, that's a different kind of carpal tunnel. Um, because the very specific, uh, rope pulling gesture, which Mm -hmm. I will not make on camera, uh, (laughs) right now, um, that that's its own kind of interesting, uh, type of repetitive stress injury right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um 
but I they do offer uh, if your kids are young enough that they are having trouble holding that gun um, and are not really aware of what they're doing with it. Uh, they do have toy replica guns that don't actually interact. But uh, if your kid's young enough, they probably won't notice the difference. So you right. can try to try to swap that out on them. Um, one thing I will say, since the first time that I talked about this attraction uh, on this show is uh, the first time, a few times I did it, the app was not at all active. Um, and the last few times I have been able to do the app, I would say I get it to be able to pair up with my phone almost 50% of the time, um, which, uh, you know, still some bugs to work out. Um, I will say I'm not a huge fan of the ride, but getting it to pair up, getting the leaderboard, being able to track challenges and missions really does add yes. another dimension to it. It does give you an incentive to rewrite it. I think without that app, I would have very little incentive to redo the attraction. But with it, I, you know, I, I, I admit I've been checking to make sure that I'm still on the top 100 leaderboard and like, all right, got to go back and improve my score. Yeah, I mean, you can our 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 boss Matt. As many times as he and I tried to get in there and get the get the app to work and test it out and make video of it. Yep. It, no it's luck pretty, for you. It's pretty inconsistent at this point. Yes, but we absolutely were, very inconsistent. We were trying to do it the very first couple of days, and mm -hmm. so that was hard. But it was a little bit of a struggle, even on opening on official opening day. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I I would say you know official opening day. I think I rode four times and I got the app to work about 50% of the time. And I'll also say that I had a, a stoppage uh, where the, the belt came slowed to a stop and paused for a while. Um, that's happened about 25% of the time that I've been on the attraction. So um, if like it, like in Buzz Lightyear, when that happens, he, could you still get score points when that happens or does the screen um, go away? I, you know, I think I was able to, keep shooting for a certain amount of time but then an announcement came on and the scores paused okay so i think maybe if they just if they if they just maybe go to in a crawl mode or they they do a brief <laughs> pause you can keep shooting right. but if it's an extended pause um i know <laughs> on men in black uh there are times if you get yes. paused in the right spot where you can you know hit one of the bonus targets yeah that's, even, that's even an easy I can, all nines right there right i can max out if we get stuck there that's the only <laughs> yeah, it's the only exactly. time i've even gotten close to all nines so. The other the other thing I will say um, to update my previous reviews of Minion Blast is uh, for the very first time, I was very disturbed by the amount of lag and stutter. And, you know, it was it was like you're trying to run uh, in 4K on an Xbox Series S. Right. And it just can't can't maintain the frame rate. Uh, it has been completely inconsistent. Uh, it's gotten better. It's gotten worse. I found that when I go and I, I'm there early in the morning um, and uh, there's relatively few people there, uh, you know, if you're one of the first people in the attraction, it seems to work great. Um, at mid-afternoon, it's maybe it's like the longer it keeps running that it has to dump the memory or something because uh, it when there are people on almost every dot, it simply cannot handle the number of things exploding the number of right. targets moving around and it just uh it becomes just pure chaos at a certain point and uh i kind of it's if if, if i had issues with you know getting triggered by flashing lights and random you know flashing images like that it would not be an attraction i want to do because like the disco scene is just a, a mess um yeah that's and I, fair I, I my my number one suggestion, I, I filled out one of the surveys and I said they should speed up the uh, belt by 20 percent and reduce the number of dots by 20 percent, um, because right now I think that the, the first of all, I think the ride's a little too long. I'm kind of bored by the end of it. And um, with so many people at the same time, it's just it's too many people for to be uh, legible what's happening. Um, I think fewer people yeah. and a shorter ride would be a better experience. And one other tiny variable for those of us who are mm. legally legally colorblind. Oh, there was there were some issues I in didn't figuring even out where, think of that. where you're actually shooting. 
Yes, and, I can and imagine. You don't, you don't you don't get to decide your color, like letting you behind the scenes not boring your audience. But ah. when you're legally when you're legally colorblind, um, you can see blue and yellow. That's why tennis balls are optic yellow. There's all those reasons for that. Um, but what if you get green? Which I've ah. gotten. I got three times in a row, and I had a hard time distinguishing where it was. You, now they do have sure. kind of different different symbols, but you don't get to choose your color or your symbol. It's just whatever your blaster has. So that's another factor. Now, I know if you uh, use the app, you can customize things like your name and a background yes. color for your for your symbol. But I don't know if that translates to the blaster itself. If that. Yeah, I didn't. The, I didn't. I didn't find that. a way on the on the app to be I able to do that. That is very interesting. I will recommend. Uh, so if you have gotten the app to sync. Um, go into the gadget lab, uh, customize your blaster, mm -hmm. and make sure you fill in all of your available perks. Uh, yes. If you play it a couple of times, you'll unlock these perks, and it doesn't automatically turn them on. Uh, so um, uh, what I like doing is, like right now, I've unlocked all the perks for the fireball. So fireball is one of the upgraded weapons that you can get by shooting these big crates that are located throughout the ride. Or if you're using the app, you can pre-select that. So I start out with the fireball and I've got it uh, spread, upgrade, and uh, uh, triple blast. So I basically, from the very start, I'm just throwing these huge fireballs all across the screen. Right. And that really lets you uh, knock out the uh, the big bad guys right from the start. Uh, you don't have to worry about collecting upgrades because you've got the upgrade right from the start. So make sure uh, go in, dig into those settings in the lab, and uh, upgrade your blaster. Uh, I think that pretty much covers uh, villain con. I think so. The only other note that I would have is, you know, normally, um, you know, uh, at unofficial guides, we're all about efficient touring plans uh, and normally we would say a big new attraction you're going to want to rope draft that and get that out of the way it's really not necessary um the the wait times never seem to get much more than 30 minutes uh the actual wait times are consistently 10 to 15 minutes less than what right. they're posting and uh villain con always seems to have less than a wait less than a wait than despicable me right across the street right. which has been there for over a decade so i think you can safely save this for early mid afternoon when everything else is really busy you're you're still not going to have a terrible wait over this you don't need to prioritize it right but it um, took them as as you and i talked about um it took them a couple weeks to get to this point where this became a people eater uh, yes, yes, it's it's had some inconsistencies and and it does pause occasionally, but um, you know the maximum theoretical capacity that I've calculated is about fourteen forty per hour, mm -hmm. and uh, the times that I've sat there kind of doing head counts, um, they've been running closer to twelve hundred people an hour, which is is decent. You know, it's it's not huge. Uh, you know, Hagrid's gets more people an hour. Uh, but it's also, um, you know, they've got two dis different Despicable Me rides right across the street from each other. So it kind of spreads demand a little. Um, and, uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot of people come out of this one immediately saying, I'm going to get right back in line and do that again. Uh, I think Correct. for a lot of people, unless they discover the app, it's, it's one and done for them. Um, so we'll have to see how this holds up long term something i do think will hold up better long term though that we need to talk about is minion cafe and since i teased earlier that you are a minion cafe <laughs> veteran um you have survived the wars um what are just some because of... we had everything on opening day and we literally did have literally everything. it took it took eight and a half hours but we had everything opening day um you know i've talked about some of my favorites uh i like that szechuan chicken uh it's mm -hmm. an impressive uh size portion yes um i like the cheese ray steak it's kind of like an upgraded arby's um mm -hmm. the minion tots are fantastic and i just uh the other day had what i think is the best vegan entree mm -hmm. in the park the cauliflower the tempura cauliflower. I don't know what makes the rice blue, 
but um, it doesn't seem to have ruined my digestion like nope. the purple drink does to some people. So I'm Ooh. happy with it. And uh, I thought that was just fantastic. Um, so what are some of your favorites, least favorites? What are your tips and tricks for Minion Cafe? Okay. Well, you said tips and tricks, so this may take mm. a little while. Let's okay. follow up on what you just said. Right. Um, the the non-vegan version of the cauliflower dish, the cauliflower dish is excellent. The non-vegan mm -hmm. version of the salmon dish, which is mm -hmm. about four dollars more, is actually quite good. I mean, granted, it is a theme, it is theme park food. Right. But I've had the salmon dish three or four times now, and it's been above average quality every single time. Good to know. It All right. It comes with similar things that with that. Um, if you're going to go with a sandwich, I would recommend you get the pork sandwich. I'm blanking on what it okay. is. I think it's Dr. It's Drew's pork sandwich, but it's it's well done. I um, totally can. I would just like for the record to document that we do have a recording here of a pastor telling uh, a Jew <laughs> that he should be eating a pork sandwich. I would like to be clear that I am saying, you, you asked. I am like so non-kosher. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've eaten with Seth many times. I wasn't worried. Yeah. But yeah, I, all the traits. Like, Bring me all the traits. Like, the uh, um, <laughs> probably the best dessert is the Otto's Pet Rock. Yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot to mention. Yes, it is not only adorable, but it is delicious. If you like peanut butter and jelly, uh, it is like mm -hmm. the, a perfect combination of a nice peanut butter mousse and just a touch of uh, of jelly and well balanced. Uh, excellent choice. And I'm still shocked by this, the uh, the Swiss roll, the Swiss roll that kind of looks like a minion. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's clearly every single time I've had it and other people I trust had it has one of the worst dessert items at the Minion Cafe. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's one of the, they sell it over a Bake My Day too. And apparently yes. it's one of the top sellers at Bake My Day. Uh, so... I, you know, I have, I have an odd soft spot for like little Debbie, you know, yes. like the, that, that's the, you know, that kind of like throwback old fashioned mm -hmm. Swiss roll thing. Um, so I didn't hate the Swiss roll itself, but I did not read the description of uh, well enough. Uh, the little cute banana that comes with mm -hmm. it is not banana, but it is like passion fruit. It's like a passion very fruit tart uh gel inside and that was not my favorite um yeah it, it's not great yeah but it's I would really stick bad if you think rock. it's banana yeah, yeah if, you, if you're rock. thinking banana you bite into a banana and it's not banana okay and since, since i'm on the podcast with unofficial god i can say this next yes. thing because it's gonna it's gonna get my press um media credentials revoked Revoke. universal okay. the times i get to go you have media credentials I do sometimes. <laughs> yes, it's shocking, isn't it? Um, not anymore. Not, not after, after, not, after the, not, after, not after this next statement. <laughs> Mini Cafe, they really designed it really well, and they reworked all the things at Monsters Cafe that we loved about Monsters Cafe, but they gave mm -hmm. us something bright and shiny that goes with the kids' area. Mm -hmm. However, Universal's insistence, and I'm still being told that we need better get used to this for Epic Universe, Universal's insistence to use this mobile order table delivery system Mm -hmm. It's not working very well. I have recommended, and we have tested it several times. Don't, I would recommend, don't use the mobile order. When they seat you at your table, walk to the counter that's just to the right of the entrance and order with a real person and tell them what table you're at. You'll get your food on average 50% faster. Okay, so um, I believe that, I, I want in my heart to believe that a nation that went to the moon mm -hmm. can figure out a way to make mobile ordering work. I use it all the time at Disney. I think yep. that mobile ordering, when there's a designated window for picking up both a time window, which they finally added for, uh, for mobile ordering, uh, which they didn't have for far too long. And also a physical window, a designated location to pick up, pick up mobile order food, I think can work fantastic. I think the, you're absolutely right that the hybrid system for table delivery mobile order uh, is unnecessarily confusing. You wind up with this mob of people standing outside the door, mm -hmm. not sure whether they can go into the restaurant. And I think a lot of it is that 
just the verbiage uh, when you are using the mobile order system, the instructions that they give you on the screen do not necessarily match what you're actually supposed to do in real life. Right. Um, as, as, as we learned at one experience you and I had at a, a fabled restaurant that is rarely open that is trying to serve <laughs> Mexican food these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what happens is because of the system, orders get lost if you send yeah. them through the mobile order system. They literally get lost and you're waiting 45 minutes wondering where your food is. So I will say um, I have not personally had my food get lost. Um, the way that I do it is I do my order. I submit my order. I pay for my order and everything before I even walk towards the restaurant. Um, I think a lot of people walk up to the restaurant, wait to be seated at a table, and then they start putting their order together. Um, right. I do everything, submit it and everything, so that when I walk up to the uh, restaurant door and I show them, it says, I've already got an order submitted. And then they're like, oh, okay, let us get you to your table. Um, that has generally worked out for me. The biggest that's good problem- advice. The biggest problem that I have had with it, yeah, it's because it seems to like jump your order to the front of the line if if you've already done the first couple steps before you even walk up to the door. The problem that I've had is the tags on the tables. Um, <laughs> the the whatever chips they have in there, half the time they simply won't scan. Period. Right. Um, and even then, sometimes like I've had the system like say okay i know where you are i haven't even i haven't even gotten to my table yet but it thinks it knows what table i'm at yeah so yes the 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 best advice is probably go to that cashier and just say you know if you are sitting there at your table for an inordinately long time waiting for a mobile order and nothing's happening go up and find that cashier and try to do it face to face because that and does in, sim- usually wh- seem to get things expedited one plus, like say your beverage comes out and you're still waiting for your food, which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. One plus is every there's not team members assigned to tables. You can ask any team member to help you out and they will point you in the right direction. It, so that's a, that, that's a plus. That is a plus and a minus. You can flag down anyone, uh, but also like no one it takes ownership of, right. of any particular table. So I also, um, I don't know if uh, it was just the day I was there. But I noticed that the freestyle machine in there didn't seem to be scanning uh, cups like uh, for activation. It was just outputting. So uh, I don't know if that's typical or if I just got lucky that day. Um, I believe in chatting with my friends in food and beverage. I'm not allowed to answer this question. So, um, moving on from Minion Cafe, um, I have tried the specialty beverages that they serve, uh, mm-hmm. both Minion Cafe and Pop Nana. Like I said, there uh, I've not experienced it myself. People have talked about some interesting um, day after results from the purple drink. Um, I I personally like the banana soda um, better, um, but well, I have not... pro- the biggest yeah. problem with the purple drink is it's not great. It's not well. Yeah, you think it's going to be great, but it's yeah. like some weird strawberry, strawberry kiwi. Something. Yeah, I, I prefer the purple drink, but it's not grape. Yeah, um, it's not grape, and it's also not great. Yeah, uh, I, I get that. <laughs> but, but I, uh, want, I ha- want to be a purple minion. I have not tried uh, the popcorn or the freeze raid pops personally yet. Uh, what is your favorite? Oh among gosh, those? Um, the popcorn is really sorry really good is overselling it if you like glazed pop flavored popcorn okay um the banana popcorn is really good the first couple times they had it it was inconsistent with the glaze but they've kind of smoothed that out literally so it's it's more of like a kettle corn coating than a powder coating yes okay it's far more there are lots of places not far from where i am that sell this in in Kissimmee. Ah, so, okay so not this type but you can get this type this flavored popcorn it's not unusual gotcha um the freeze pops are pretty good um i would want to point out as i pointed out several times that these are the same freeze pops that you can see it uh fresh eats at the city walk hub oh um, 
they've been, yeah, Except, but they've been selling those for quite right. a, quite some time. However, the minion ones, some of them are an upgrade with better designs and and better uh -huh. coating. But they're kind of like having uh, a cool frosting on top of the standard cupcake. Uh huh. You're still getting uh -huh. you're still getting the same product, but I do gotcha. be careful as we witnessed, especially this past week. Yeah, um, those those will melt melt right quickly. off the stick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so be careful. As someone who's tried lots of sweet treats in lots of parks in the last couple of weeks, yeah, you um, good luck finding a as we were talking about shaded places. Yeah, Minionland doesn't offer enough shaded places. No, there there are no there are no trees. There are even uh, you know the queue for Villain Con. Um, they mm -hmm. did the absolute minimum, uh, maybe even less than the minimum for the exterior queue because you've got one section that's got some big triangle pieces of fabric that sort of give a little bit of shade and then there's a patch i hope the line never grows long enough to need that that patch of extended queue that has no shade at all because uh people are going to be dropping left and right right well i i got to experience that extended queue on a busier oh. day and and it was um uh it was raining e not fun. So not fun. That's all I'm going to say. And then you got into that little covered area that you mm -hmm. that we walked. That's outdoor. Uh, stuff drips off of there, so that's going to need yeah. to be worked on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, finally, um, bake my day. Uh, you mentioned that you're not a big fan of the Swiss rolls. Have you tried anything from Bake My Day that we, you would recommend? We 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 have tried everything at Bake My Day. Is that a royal and, we? Uh, that's a, that, <laughs> there's there's three of you now after you've tried everything. That's no, I, I am part of a group, but yeah, we all yeah. did try it. Um, yeah. I think the, the products are, are a step up from what you would get, but but Universal has done a really good job, especially at Studios Florida with their bakery cases at San Francisco mm -hmm. Pastry Company and Today Cafe. Sure. And so so these are kind of the what you would expect from those. Uh, they're nothing spectacular, but I do have to say, if you're walking into Bake My Day and you're the kind of person who falls for cute treats mm -hmm. and your bank account and your bank account is low. Do not walk in here. <laughs> no. And it's, it's also a merchandise location. So you can buy all kinds of cupcakes and, and minion sweet treat. Well, you know what items. I, I would say it reminds me of, uh, it used to be the hello kitty store used to have yes. a treat case with really kawaii, you know, uh, right. hello kitty characters formed into s'mores and stuff. And this this seems like the closest thing we have to that since that went away. No, I think that's a good reference in doing that thing that we mm -hmm. I do off camera. I'm going to use that in a future article and not give you credit. Okay, <laughs> please, so um, please do, please do. Okay, so so um, that's a good that's a good comparison because that was something that left the Hello Kitty store a long time ago. Yeah. Well, if you are interested in checking all of this out for yourself, Universal right now has a great special three months extra free. If you buy a 12 month annual pass, uh, it will magically turn into a 15th month annual pass. Um, and uh, that's a really great deal. I wish they had announced that uh not a week after I renewed my annual pass, but oh well. Well, I am I am count I am counting the days because I'm almost to a 30 day win. Almost ready to renew. Good. I'm, I'm almost ready, so I'm counting the days and hoping it doesn't disappear. And maybe I've just jinxed myself, but that's okay. Well, you can find out more about all of this, of course, at UniversalOrlando.com and follow all of our coverage of Minionland at AttractionsMagazine.com. Uh, and now, before we wrap things up, we are going to take a quick look back at uh, some of the comments that were left for us during the show. Um, from uh, Everything You Need to Know, our good friend Theron White uh, says, John has eaten so much food that some of his <laughs> visits are basically food challenges. Uh, I... I, I no wish lie that there. wasn't true. No lie there. Uh, Scott Davis is saying howdy, everyone. Howdy, right back. Um, so here is uh, from Brian Sager. Uh, 
John Murdy, who is in charge of Halloween Horror Nights out in Hollywood, said that The Exorcist, The Believer, isn't really a spoiler for the upcoming film. It's more of a sampler for when you see the movie, uh, making it more like in the ultimate movie trailer. Because uh, uh, we had talked about a previous es- episode how right. this uh, Exorcist Haunted House is going to be based on a movie that isn't even coming out yet. Um, That's correct. The The Hollywood version is going mm-hmm. to be literally a... Yeah, preview. A, a walk through the trailer that yeah. the trailer that will be released when Halloween Horror Nights opens. There's another and, trailer coming out. Ah, uh, and Brian, uh, yes, we are long overdue for Evil Dead Rise. Yes. It was rumored last year based on the spec maps. Um, it's great, good. Yes, good that Hollywood is getting a much needed new IP. I still want someday for us to get a genuine original Evil Dead, or better yet, Evil Dead Two House. Two. <laughs> uh, you know, we've we've gotten um, uh, we got the Evil Dead remake, which was well done. Uh, but I want, and we got the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead based on the TV show. But I want something based on the original Evil Dead Two, uh, or even Army of Darkness. Um, we had. Uh, Adventures by D, wanting to say hi to you, John. Um, and finally, Brian, summing it all up, our, min- <laughs> our Minion Cafe discussion. So much banana-themed food, it is literally bananas. I think that we can't top that, and we should just end the show we should, right we there. We should walk off on that one, yes. All right, well, before we go, we have to thank, again, our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I want to remind everyone to please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to us. And be sure to follow us at attractionsmagazine.com. Search for Attractions Magazine on your favorite social media accounts. You can find me on all your social media at S. Kuberski. John, let folks know once again where they can follow you. Um, easiest place to find me is on Twitter at Pastor John. Yes, John is spelled without an H. Uh, John Self, and you, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all those other kind of things and Threads. Usually, it's under John Self thirty seven, I believe. Thirty seven. Uh, what yeah. happened to the first thirty six of you? I failed experiments. I don't know how many failed, John failed Selfs clones. there are in the world exactly. Failed clones. All right. Well, until next week, we hope you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. And I'll see you again next time. Thanks. Bye, everyone.